to Hub and Flow, a podcast produced by Natural Gas Intelligence. On a mission to provide transparency to the natural gas market, Hub and Flow focuses on key fundamentals driving the price of natural gas and LNG in the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Natural Gas Intelligence, or NGI, is a subscription-based price reporting agency, which means we provide trusted and independent natural gas pricing and news for the North American market. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of NGI's Hub and Flow podcast. This is Patrick Rao, NGI's Director of Strategy and Research. Given that the North American natural gas market is now much more fully integrated into the global gas market, we've seen a noticeable increase in interest from market participants abroad in what is happening here domestically. As a result, we at NGI have been tailoring a few more of our podcasts lately to addressing how the U.S. natural gas market works, and we'd like to continue doing so in the months ahead. A couple of weeks ago, I chronicled the importance of the U.S. Henry Hub, and today I want to spend about 10 minutes or so discussing some of the tools traders and analysts use to assess U.S. natural gas prices, particularly at the Henry Hub. This is based on things we at NGI have observed and learned since the advent of U.S. natural gas futures trading back in the early 1990s. Now, before I go too far down the rabbit hole here, allow me to emphasize that this is neither a price forecast nor any kind of trading advice on our part, and I need to be very clear about that. This is simply a quick review of the various tools and methods the industry uses to assess Henry Hub prices in their possible direction. Please note this is geared to a more general audience, so if you're a seasoned trader with like three or four computer screens on your desk, much of this will likely be quite basic, but we still hope you'll be able to walk away with a few useful morsels nevertheless. So look, evaluating and trying to predict U.S. natural gas prices it's difficult at best, as I discussed in my recent podcast entitled U.S. Nat Gas Volatility is Through the Roof, Will It Last? U.S. Natural Gas is easily the most volatile of the 20 commodities that make up the CRB index, with volatility levels that are four to five times greater than that of the U.S. equity market indexes. And that's really saying something right now, considering just how volatile U.S. equity markets have been of late. Simply put, forecasting U.S. natural gas prices, it's hard. And doing so is not our goal here today. Rather, our aim today is to discuss some of the approaches various market participants use to navigate this price volatility that you may wish to consider using to help frame your own independent analysis. During today's part one of three podcasts, I'll be focusing on fundamental approaches, or fundies as traders call them. So obviously, this is all about supply and demand, and those factors manifest themselves into a price, of course. Therefore, I want to review some of the different forms of price forecasting and assessment mechanisms that are out there. And one caveat, uh, I recorded this podcast in late September of 2022. All prices and statistics listed herein were current as of that time, but will likely have changed by the time you listen to this, which makes sense given all the volatility out there. Still, the statistics should help to to serve, to illustrate, excuse me, many of my main takeaways. So let's start with mechanism number one, which is the Henry Hub futures curve, something that is often used as a price forecast. Uh, We've got the NYMEX futures listed by the CME group, and that's the most heavily traded. ICE also has a Henry Hub futures contract, but uh, my focus today is going to be on the NYMEX curve, just given the relative trading level on that. Again, at the time of this recording, NYMEX had monthly gas futures prices through December 2034, and the main benefit of this curve is that it's free. 
but it's also viewed to be an unbiased view of the market since it is determined by market forces, or so goes the theory. And because of that, countless publicly traded EMP companies plan their budgets around the strip. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. So the strip may represent what Mr. Market is currently willing to pay, but we believe it's an imperfect way to forecast prices, particularly in the longer term, largely because of the way the strip is constructed. Now, I'm a former sell-side equity research analyst, so I'm used to looking at things in terms of quarters, quarterly earnings, quarterly estimates, etc. As such, I love rearranging the natural gas future strip into quarters, and I think that's a really good exercise because it helps to show patterns and break down what is driving things in the curve. So have you ever done a deep dive in the natural gas futures open interest? No, you say? You actually have better things to do with your time, like, you know, not doing a deep dive of natural gas futures open interest? Hey, I don't blame you. At the time of this recording, again in late September, just know that the then-current curve traded out to December of 2034, again, 147 months, but roughly 73% of the total open interest was in those first four quarters and 92% of it over the first eight. There are more than 12 years worth of futures prices, yet the majority of trading occurs in the first two years and really the first one. Grouping the months and the quarters really helps show seasonality. But that seasonality follows a very clear downtrend of consecutive annual declines to the year 2027, with average Ford Henry Hub prices progressing from $5.53 per MMBTU in 2023 to $4.44 in 2027, with much of the decline coming in year one. That trend line is down for the next five years, in no small part because of how high gas prices are currently on a relative basis, but also likely because of growing concerns of a global recession, along with the expectations of higher global production in the months ahead. But then the curve starts sloping upward in 2028, and it does so at a trendline growth rate of 0.7% per year through 2034. So why all these linear relationships in the future strip? I mean, there should be a flood of new US LNG projects that hit the market in 2025. So shouldn't that be reflected in the curve with a spike up in that year? Well, it probably should be, but we believe futures prices for contracts that far in the future are shaped more by historical trend lines than a forward-looking supply-demand assessment. Remember, Henry Hub Natural Gas Futures open interest really starts to dry up after about two years. No, we, we typically see these straight lines in the curve, and in our experience, the slopes of these straight lines are driven by expected inflation and perhaps also by expected future improvements in finding and development costs which means that assuming future U.S. inflation grows faster than that 0.7% per year, we believe the current natural gas futures contract is baking in continued total cost improvements going forward, maybe at a slower rate than it had, but continuing nevertheless. But just a couple more useful things about the NYMEX curve. Given all the open interest is in the first two years, it's a far more useful tool to assess short-term prices. We also say to watch for movements in the out years, particularly after year two. Do market events cause that to shift? Winter Storm Uri caused a huge spike in short-term prices last year, but the out months were relatively unaffected. The continued capital discipline in North America, combined with the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, have contributed to a major increase in the long-term portions of the curve. 
thus indicating more of a long-term concern about available supply. And why do I say that? Because of this next point, which is, you also want to compare the long portion of the curve to break-even prices. The bigger the premium, the more the market is worried about future supply shortages, everything else being equal. Remember that natural gas is a commodity, which means it's about the closest thing to being a perfectly competitive market. And in such markets, the profit maximizing price is that where price equals marginal costs. In the long run, all costs are marginal, and therefore future cost curve changes should impact long-term price of natural gas. But per several consulting shops, just about every U.S. natural gas field is economically below $3 per MMBQ right now, and many of those have multiple years of inventory. Then there's also the idea that roughly 40% or so of U.S. production is associated gas, or a byproduct of crude oil, and that helps keep the blended U.S. cost curve lower. Therefore, therefore, we believe the fact that the current natural gas futures curve assumes at least a $4.44 per nominal price throughout the next 12 years. This suggests that the market is legitimately concerned about future sources of supply. Just because the U.S. has the gas to produce doesn't mean we will produce it at the same rapid rates as in the recent past. Okay, that's a lot. So let's switch to another Wall Street consensus estimates. Now, this is done by a lot of smart people with a lot of resources, so these should be pretty darn good, right? Well, let's take a look at the breakdown of the current Wall Street consensus Henry Hub price estimate through the year 2025, as provided by Bloomberg. And if you have a Bloomberg terminal, you can find this by going to CFPC Go, Commodity Futures Price Consensus. Now, I've been watching this for about 15 years or so, and Wall Street has always been higher than consensus in the out years except for right now. The current Wall Street consensus estimate for 2023 through 2025 is $4.68, which is actually 3 to 4% lower than the current NYMEX strip of $4.85 for these years. Now, some of that difference is from a low estimate bringing down the consensus in 2025, and I'm sure some of that is that natural gas process has been, uh, has been oscillating faster than, excuse me, natural gas prices, excuse me, have been oscillating much faster than sell side analysts change their estimates. After all, it would be pretty silly if sell side research just flip-flopped their recommendations all the time. Otherwise, their research would have no conviction and nobody would take them seriously. But for the overwhelming majority of the time, it's Wall Street that has a higher price forecast than the NYMEX strip, and that's not a coincidence. That is Wall Street trying to get investment banking business. Natural gas is a commodity. It is fungible. The only way to differentiate it is by price. Research analysts get investment banking business by putting out buy recommendations on stock. So for a commodity, the only way to do that really, it's via price. Now, I know how this is this is how the game works. I know it because I used to be a part of it. And that's not to say that Wall Street research is completely flawed. It actually has a lot of good analysis. Just know that by the very nature, it's biased in nature. And therefore, it's probably wise to apply a bit of a haircut to Wall Street consensus. Assuming, of course, you can even get your hands on this. Now, one source you can get your hand on relatively easily or very easily, it's the EIA, which is the U.S. government. The source is ubiquitous and it's free. They provide both a short-term and a long-term outlook. We're going to focus on the short-term or STEO, S-T-E-O, today. Now, we recently heard an analyst from EIA speak at a conference. And from that, we've come to know that their STEO forecasts are a combination of quantitative and fundamental analysis. 
We understand that they start by running regression analysis and or looking at historical trend line data, and then we'll tweak that up or down depending on current fundamentals and their own knowledge of the market. Now, interestingly, they indicated that they don't attempt to forecast any kind of political legislative changes in the projectors, such as Biden's and AMLO's anticipated policy changes, which perhaps is a luxury they may have by this being a short-term outlook. Their forecasts really only factor in policy that has been implemented already. And to me, this is a pretty big delta between what Wall Street and private consulting companies do, and that could explain some of the forecasting differences among these three groups. Now look, this is not at all meant to be a knock on the EIA per se. They provide excellent information, and again, it's free. In fact, the US EIA may be the very best governmental energy website in the world. They get major thumbs up for their efforts. <clears throat> However, again, their forecasts are limited by certain constraints, and what happened in the past isn't always a good barometer of what may happen in the future, especially if the rules have changed. It's just something to keep in mind. Now, another group, it's consultancies. Private consultancies have no such restrictions, and they tend to offer the most unbiased and unfettered analysis in our view. Their analysis and conclusions are generally well thought out, but they can be extremely expensive and often difficult to obtain. However, for many folks, the cost is well worth it, especially if it's viewed to be a form of outsourcing. Many consultancies will make their research public or available at a discount after a certain amount of time, but by then, the market has typically changed. By the way, though, you can actually get snippets of their analysis and forecasts by perusing the investor relations presentations of publicly traded companies in the North American natural gas value chain, particularly producers and midstream entities. You certainly won't get everything, and you may have to sift through a number of them to find useful information. Also know that these presentations are sales documents, and the companies use the data to paint themselves in a more favorable light. But some of the data they quote can be quite useful. If you are in the market for a consultant or two, one great place to shop is at various industry conferences, as consultants are frequent speakers of those. One last place to get information on potential price movement at the Henry Hub, it's, well, it's news, such as news that published by NGI, particularly that published by NGI. I need to reiterate that we at NGI, we don't forecast a market and possible price direction, but each day we speak to consultants and other professionals who do. In fact, we developed quite a dossier of market contacts over the years, and we were able to include their analysis in our various stories in an unbiased way, and at a price point that's far lower than some of those other sources I mentioned. For those of you who subscribe to us, we thank you. But for a sampling of what I speak, please go to our website at www.naturalgasintel and request a free trial. And it truly is a free trial. You don't have to leave a credit card and get charged automatically if you don't cancel by a certain time, for example. That's it for today for part one of this three-part series. In my next podcast, I'll discuss some of the more popular technical trading indicators used in the natural gas market. Thanks as always for tuning in. And if you like this particular episode, we kindly ask that you forward it to others who might find it useful. On behalf of everyone at Natural Gas Intelligence, I wish you health and happiness and look forward to talking again soon. Take care. Dependable data drives informed business decisions. Trust NGI to provide your natural gas and LNG data for North America. If your business requires daily, weekly, or midweek pricing data, forward curves, or flow data, NGI has a reliable product suite to support you. Visit natgasintel.com backslash services to understand what we have to offer and how we can help you and your business today.
Thank you for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow podcast today. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, and please do share it with your colleagues. A trusted provider of natural gas news, data, and pricing information for North America, NGI offers subscription-based products. Please visit natgasintel.com if you are interested in NGI and our services. If you would like to dive deeper into this subject, additional resources are available on our website as well. Just visit natgasintel.com and click on the resources tab to find the podcast page.